Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week, you will know online as being scarred, not scared. She is incredible. She emulates positivity. She resets the boundaries that you set for yourselves. And she just enjoys the idea of being selfish. Which even became the title of her incredible book. I'm delighted to welcome the beautiful Michelle Elman. Hello, Michelle. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Well, well, I don't know what to say. I uh, came across you because our mutual friend, Katie Piper, said, you've got to check out Michelle. You'll love her. You'll love her. I came across your page and I was all about boundaries and resetting those boundaries. And boundaries is kind of that, word that buzzword for me at the moment and that's all i can ever talk about before last year it was kind of introvert versus extrovert now it's just boundaries and so i'm so excited for you to join me because you're all about boundaries as well aren't you yeah funny enough i have a really controversial opinion on the introvert extrovert thing but boundaries is one of those topics that is a buzzword and yet even though it's very popular If you actually ask people what boundaries are, they find it very hard to define it. So I find there's a lot of conversation around boundaries, not enough education around boundaries. Okay, so let's strip that back. Let's stop peeling off those layers. So boundaries, how would you define boundaries, first of all? Boundaries, simply put, are how people treat you. So what is and isn't acceptable. It's how you teach the world to treat you. It's the line between who the world wants you to be and who you actually are. So you could have a different boundary in work versus uh, friends. So I don't let work people text me on the weekend. Friends can obviously text me on the weekend. But there are also some boundaries, like emotional boundaries or intellectual boundaries, that don't change no matter what the context are. And you set the rules because they're your boundaries. Boundaries is reliant on what you want and what you need. So expectations leads to disappointment a lot of the time. So if you are setting a boundary with a certain expectation of them meeting that boundary, of how they're going to respond, then that is, that's going to, first of all, preempt the boundary. But second of all, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. You cannot safeguard every single person's 
um, insecurity that would be like bubble wrapping every person who walks through the world. So we're almost seeing that with the conversation around triggers where everyone's like, well, you should have put a trigger warning on that. I Like, for example, in my stories, I was talking about a funeral I went to. I got like three messages saying you should have put a trigger warning before mentioning funerals. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about me. If you felt discomfort around funerals, maybe you should sit with that discomfort rather than... The whole idea of trigger warnings are for people who are in the early stages of eating disorders or uh, post-traumatic stress disorder because they are easily triggered. But it's not about bubble wrapping yourself so that you are never triggered. Every human gets triggered at some point around something. And it's about noticing the trigger, going, okay, why was I triggered around that? And do I need to take some time away from the situation so I can come back to it with a clear state of mind and not be in this hyper alert, hyperactive um, nervous system state? And so it's this idea that, oh, okay, so this person has, has an issue around funerals, therefore I can never talk about I can never talk freely or in your uh, example if someone's insecure about something then I can never bring it up well first of all I'm not a mind reader second of all if it makes you uncomfortable let me know set a boundary and then tell me you're uncomfortable and then we can change conversation because part of me respecting your boundary is if you say hey I don't want to talk about this in person and not over DMs on Instagram and trying to control my content, but in person in an actual conversation if I was talking about funerals and you said talking about funerals makes me really uncomfortable. I'd be like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll talk to someone else about it and we can talk about something else right now. Right. So my thing on that is, as you said, is that opening up that conversation. So for example, like you said, uh, I want to be, I don't want to be addressed as darling. I want to be introduced as Michelle. Now, that has to be communicated, but do you not think, especially being British, that we're not like that? We're not susceptible to saying, right, you'd rather kind of talk to your friends about this really annoyed me and you'd rather have the anger than actually speak out and say something's wrong. Yes, that's the problem. That's why I wrote a book on it. (laughs) Because I don't think we should be doing this anymore. I think this idea that you expect people to mind read. So, for example, clearly you're you're mentioning that scenario because it's happened at some point. I had no issue with people calling me whatever, with with certain uh, (laughs) expectations, like... No, everyone can call me whatever they want. You can call me Miss, Missy, Mishelby, whatever you want to call me. I'm absolutely fine. You want to call me darling? Go ahead. Like, I am not sensitive around that. I don't particularly care. So for me, for you, let's say you did that to me. I wouldn't care. So how are you meant to mind read who has a boundary around what name they get called and who isn't? And so then it leads you to uh, guessing this body language, which isn't as accurate as someone just saying when they feel uncomfortable. The British excuse is is that. It's an excuse. It might be a reason, but it's not an excuse. And um, as much as people go, oh, well, we're British, so I can't set boundaries. I also hear the same thing about I'm half Chinese. And the number of times I hear, oh, well, I grew up in Asian culture. And in Asian culture, you don't talk to your parents like that. Therefore, I can't set a boundary with my parents. Or like my, my dad's side is Jewish. The number of times I hear the same thing about suicide, you will have an excuse no matter what. Well, you can't talk to your Jewish grandma like that. Well, actually, you can. So you want to use it as an excuse, you will find a special reason why you can't set boundaries. But instead of using that energy to um, fortify that excuse, why don't you actually use that energy to set that boundary? Interesting. Interesting. And I like that word, energy. Because we put so much investment with our energy into certain situations. You know, it's easier to be bitter than to love someone. It's easier 
to be bitter and to resent someone and just to be fine with them? I don't choose either. I just choose to communicate whether I love you. If I feel, well, for me, it's usually resentment. If I feel resentment, it's because a boundary has been crossed and I'm not communicating it. So it's not that it's wrong to feel bitter. It's not that it's wrong to feel resentment, but do something about it rather than just boiling in it and sitting in it and wallowing and um, bitching to everyone you can about it. Well, if you go to that person, uh, so, okay, so let's say you, you've upset someone, okay? Let's let's yeah. turn it around. Let's flip it around. You've upset someone and yeah. you want to say sorry to them, but you don't know how to say it. You know, you don't want to confront it almost because you don't want to have that rejection of saying sorry and it being ignored. Well, when I give an apology and when anyone gives an apology, it should be given as a gift without the expectation of that apology being accepted. And the reason why you should apologise is because you feel bad and you wish you hadn't done it, not because you want the situation to be over and done with or because you don't want the other person mad mad or angry at you. Um, so when I apologise, it's because... And yes, it takes a certain amount of strength to actually admit when you're wrong and tell the person, I'm really sorry, and also be okay if they're like, I'm, I'm too angry right now, I can't forgive you right now, um, give me a week and I'll get back to you. And if they don't get back to you, then... For me, I would reach out to them once and I would just send a message saying, hey, I'm still here if you want to talk anything through about the situation. I'm so sorry again. I know that I shouldn't have done this and this is what I would do again. And next time to prevent the situation, if you want to discuss anything else, I'm still here. I still care about you. I still love you. Um, And if you need more time, then I completely respect that. And then if they don't reply, they don't reply. I'll get that message. Like, I'll take that as a message. Whereas if they do reply and are like, I'm so angry, I need more time, I'll be like, great, I'll give you that. Like, I did something wrong. You can have whatever time you need to process that. And that's the problem, that that is the kind of perfect way in the past. But now in 2021, now in the 21st century, where everything's through social media, you can just block people. And so sometimes you can't even get that apology through to say, have more time, come back to me when you're ready. Well, I think social media is different because there's an entitlement with strangers on the internet that, like, I can't say I would go to that length because of the amount of energy it takes with every single person in my DMs who has upset me. Um, And frankly, it's they're not owed that time and energy because we have no prior relationship. Just because someone decides to turn up in my DMs doesn't mean I've... The best way to put it is, If I've given someone my number, that's a certain level of consent. If I know someone in real life and I've actually interacted with them, chosen to go for lunch with them, chosen to go for dinner with them, that's a certain amount of consent. I don't have any choice, any say in who turns up in my DMs. So if you turn up with an insult, you're just going to get kicked out. It's like you turning up at a party without an invite. So if you come in to just say your thanks, say, ask a question, whatever it is, I may reply, I might not, depending on my time, but... If you come in with an insult or uh, you've never interacted with me in past and the first thing you come in with is is an insult, then, yeah, I don't really have time for that. Interesting. What's really interesting is that you are really aware of yourself. You know what you will accept and what you won't accept. How did you get to that point? Years and years of accepting way worse than I deserved. And... Um, having those wake-up calls of 
Um, well, the first one was probably a boyfriend saying to me that I was at his beck and call, which it was not only the fact that he said that, it was the fact that he said it to my face and had no shame about saying it. Um, and then it was a housemate at the time telling me that, do you know how much we tolerate living with you? When we had been friends for three years, they were some of my closest friends in uni. And I just like thought about it and was like, you know what, the people you love, your closest friends, should never have to tolerate you. And there was some Instagram quote I found at the time um, as I was thinking about this, and it, it literally said, the people in your life should celebrate you, not just tolerate you. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. And so over time, I just started thinking, like, how do I expect myself to have any self-esteem if I surround myself with people who treat me like rubbish? And so I started saying no, setting boundaries. And when you stop doing things for people, you quickly figure out who was just around because you were very convenient to have around. You were the first person to pick up the phone. You're always there in any emergency. You're always there to help with anything. But when you actually started saying no and they can't take advantage of you, you aren't the first person to go to. You're not always constantly accessible that's when you start figuring out figuring out who actually likes you for you or what that you can do for them because there's been so much pressure over the years to be more going on the pendulum to say yes you know danny wallace brought out the uh, the book yes man jim carrey then did the film the yes man where it was all about in each environment to say yes 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 and actually you've gone the other way to say no 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 and i think this is really interesting because you're right there's certain situations that we don't want to put ourselves in and we force ourselves and we come away more unhappy than if we declined it gracefully and come out the other side. So, for example, I went to a party once and I was there for eight minutes and I said hi to the person whose party it was and I left again. And I thought, do you know what? I'm really proud of myself. I went to it. I didn't outstand my welcome. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I did what I needed to do and I left again rather than staying and being, yes, I'm going to stay there and just look awkward. Yeah, and also my saying no makes my yes more powerful. My friends joke that, you know, when Michelle turns up at a party that, that she actually wants to be there. But it's a joke, but it's also true that before you, I would always turn up because I felt obligated to because I couldn't say no. Whereas now, because I can say no, and it's small things. Like I remember I stopped um, one Christmas, I was completely burnt out and I'd gone away with my family and every night I was just like, I'm not coming to dinner. Like I want to stay at home. I just want to stay in and, like, enjoy the pool, be by myself. And then the one night I chose to actually join my family out for dinner, they were like, oh, it's actually nice to have you here. And it's funny because when you say yes to everything, people start taking you for granted. And it's only when you actually start saying no, they realize, oh, you're not coming to everything anymore. Then they go, oh, wait, we actually notice when you're here now. We actually we don't take you for granted and we're appreciative when you do turn up. When I decide to do something, I am more invested in what I'm doing. I like I I don't like this culture of saying yes to everything and then begrudgingly going and then complaining about it after. And even then, some people don't even end up going. They cancel the morning of. That's even more annoying. That's rude to the host. And it's really uh, breaking your own self-trust because it means your word becomes meaningless. When I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. When work-wise, career-wise, my um, friends-wise, everyone knows, even if it's something as silly as me saying to someone in the street, oh, let's go for coffee sometime, I do not throw away that statement. If I say it, I mean it. If I don't say it, then there's a reason I'm not saying it. But it's the same with, like, if I'm at lunch with a friend and I say, oh, I, there's this book you would love, I'm going to send you the title later, I will send you the title later. I am so good on my word 
because that's your boundaries. Yeah, but there's one thing being good on your words, and there's another thing in this world now where everything's going so fast. I can never keep up. So even if I'm saying something to you on the phone and I go to write it down on my laptop, I've completely forgotten what I was going to do. Well, so I, I mean, I write it. I write everything down. I have I have no memory. So um, and I like I use my memory as an excuse for a really long time. But when I say I'm going to do something, it's honestly habit and practice. Like when I say I'm going to do something, I write it down in the moment. And if I planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Having lunch with someone and I'm like, I want to send you this book later. Let me just text it to you now so that I remember to send it later. So then I'll actually go through my phone at the end of the night and I'll go through and look at any messages I haven't replied to. And then I'll see that text and I'll be like, oh, okay, I need to send you the book title. But it's it's just about I like maybe I'm taking it too much to an extreme. This is just how I decide to operate my life. But on the lesser extreme, um, just when you say you're going to turn up to a party, turn up to a party. When you say you want to go for lunch, go for lunch with that person. Don't do these niceties that like even even same with dates. Like I don't end the date saying, oh, I would love to do that again, unless I actually want to do that again. And it's a moment of awkwardness rather than actually being dishonest. Like, yes, it's awkward at the end of, of a first date not saying, I don't, I want to go on a second one, especially when you know they want to. But it's a moment of awkwardness, and I'm not lying. I'm being honest, and I actually think that's more respectful. Yes, and don't just ghost for the sake of it, or don't say, yeah, we'll make a plan, and go, well, I'm waiting for X, Y, Z to happen, then I'll give you a date. Just say no. Well, 
this is exactly what happens, right? So people at the end of the day get awkward. They then go, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do this again with no intention of doing it again. And then they disappear because we have this fear of having a difficult conversation. So essentially what the whole book is about, what boundaries are about, is about embracing the difficult conversation. And I unfortunately think because of the technology that exists nowadays, we have all become a little bit lazy with having the difficult conversation. To be honest, I actually had it today um, where a guy I'm seeing has just like disappeared off the face of the earth. And I'm like, you know, you literally could have just told me that you're not interested and I'd be absolutely fine. But it's cowardly. And we've got into this habit of not having difficult conversations because you can avoid it. Whereas like, I guess a few, a few um, decades ago, if you actually did that to someone in your life, because we were much closer within our neighborhoods and we didn't travel as much, you'd bump into that person in the supermarket, you'd bump into that person in the street, and then it would be really awkward. So you're going to have to have that conversation at some point. Whereas now it's very easy, especially with dating apps, to never see the person ever again. So you kind of just take the easy way out. And I just frankly think it's cowardly. Well, this is what's really interesting about dating, especially uh, through the apps or even with matchmaking. And I've had matchmakers who have given me dates and they're completely not for me. And so even I've said one thing, they still give me the opposite. And then you have to sit there for a date. And I think what's interesting on when you go on a date with someone and you know they're not for you. And that might be that you've spoken to them on an app. You've got there. You thought you don't look like your photos. Or in my case, I've had a matchmaker who's matched me with someone, and I know instantly they're not for me. It's how long do you keep them on the date? Because you're not going to turn up and go right. I know you're not for me. We're wasting each other's time. Let's go home now. You still feel like you need to invest in it and give it a chance, even though you know there's no chance whatsoever. So if it's a first date, that's why I don't go for dinner dates. Um, and actually, the most recent first date I went on, we did go for a dinner date, but only after we went for drinks, because then that gives me an out during the drinks to say one drink and then we're done. I can go for one drink with anyone. It really doesn't take a lot of effort to be polite, be civil for one drink. And then at the end of the drink where the last time I ended it after one drink, the guy said, um, do you want a second drink? And I just went, I should probably get back to work. Um, but it was really lovely meeting you. And I hope you have a lovely evening. And that was it. And it's not that hard. People think it's a lot harder than it is. Yes, there's a moment of awkwardness. Yes, he might have responded with like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, let me get the bill. And then like, cool. What, what else are you going to say? That's it. What else are you going to say? And I think sometimes in our heads we think, oh, you're going to disagree with this. But I think sometimes in my head I think, right, I need to be there for an hour and be a true gentleman and, you know, leave it and keep talking and keep talking to fill the silence is just because I feel bad to say, okay, you're not for me, I'm going to leave now. You know what? I actually think in 90% of cases, when a first date is not going well, it's mutual. And even if the other person doesn't quite realise in the moment, they'll realise it later. So I actually think you're doing both of you a favour. And I also think it's really important. There's a psychological effect called the spotlight effect, I believe, where we basically think the world revolves around us. And so sometimes when you're in those situations, you can make yourself feel more self-important by saying, oh, they're going to be so heartbroken if I leave after one drink. Oh, they're going to be devastated. They're going to be so mortified and embarrassed. Actually, a lot of people on dating apps are going on multiple dates a week. They don't care that much. And that day after I ended after one drink, he never texted after that. I never texted. So it was kind of mutual. And I guess ending the date after one drink kind of sends the message that I needed it to send. And I didn't waste his time. That's it. That's the important thing. You didn't waste his time. And that's also important. That's it. And like, I think that's ultimately the most respectful thing you can do. 
I completely agree. So that's boundaries. That's boundaries. And we've touched on a bit about being selfish. And you're very much the empowering that idea of being truly selfish, being truly independent. With a pandemic that's hit and now coming out the other side, how do you think the idea that we look at ourselves and how selfish we are has changed? The idea of selfishness came because I just kept hearing the word self-care and self-love, yet no one actually wants to do anything about it. So they're like, yeah, self-love and self-care is a wonderful, beautiful idea, but as long as I've taken care of everyone else first. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You're gonna, if you do that, you will have no time and energy left for yourself. And so if you actually want to make yourself a higher priority on your priority list, then someone else needs to be a lower priority on their priority list. Coming out of the pandemic, I think selfishness is probably exhibited most um, around health and safety at the moment. So um, if you don't feel comfortable being in a crowd right now, you have to be selfish and tell your friend, I'm not comfortable coming to your birthday party. I'm really sorry. I wish I could be there. Uh, but instead, why don't we go for a picnic in the park? I'm just not doing inside things at the moment. In fact, it actually happened to me two days ago. Uh, one of my friends uh, got ill on the Wednesday. I was going to a concert, so she couldn't come. So I invited another friend, and she replied saying, uh, my sister's about to have a baby soon, so I'm just being extra careful, so I'm not doing anything inside at the moment. Some people might call that selfish. I think that's her taking care of herself. That's wonderful. And great. Thanks for letting me know your boundaries. And um, good luck with that. But at least she was honest with it and communicated it. And that's the thing that we're not doing. And also, I would feel awful if I found out she decided to come and then something happened. And, like, I'm responsible for my own personal safety. So me deciding to go to a gig is my own risk. But I don't believe you coming with me means I'm responsible for your health. And if that's the reason you don't get to see your niece when she's born, that I would feel bad. And I shouldn't have had to feel bad if you had just set your boundaries accurately. I think that's the interesting thing is we're always thinking about other people. We're going to do something for someone else rather than ourselves. And I think now we're in that position where we realise what we are comfortable and what we are uncomfortable with. And I think we're a lot more open with it now. I think sometimes almost to a detriment, I don't think we've got to that position yet of going... Oh, I've taken an actual flow test. It's it's positive. I don't think I should be coming. We've not used that as an excuse yet, but it could easily veer on that way. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, when 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 I talk about being selfish, I don't mean testing positive and going out of the house and continuing to spread the disease because you have a right to being outside. I mean selfish in terms of taking care of yourself. I mean selfish in terms of. Uh, the actual definition of it is to take care of your well-being at the disregard of others, and therefore taking care of your well-being is not spreading around a coronavirus that is going to impact others, but more so the fact that, um, let's say, you want to rest this weekend and your boss keeps emailing you, then you are going to have to have to disregard your boss's need for that email in order to rest that weekend. And that's essentially what the joy of being selfish is about. But hold on. So you think it's more acceptable to do you be selfish and ignore your boss if your boss saying you need to do xyz you think you've got to put yourself first before your boss well i think you're allowed to have limits and that your boss doesn't have access to you 24 hours a day and seven days a week and that you're allowed a weekend and if in your contract it doesn't say that you work weekends then you're allowed to say i'm happy to work weekends if this is becoming common obviously once or twice or um the odd occasion or the odd emergency or whatever but if it's becoming a common occurrence i believe you should be financially compensated for that we're in the 21st century in britain and we're not in that accustomed way to tell our bosses 
you can't message us out of hours. Yeah, but you're, you're only saying that because you've never done it. That doesn't mean that it's not done because I do it all the time. When I send a message, when someone sends me a message on a weekend, whether it's a producer or um, any of these things, then I will say I'll get back to you on Monday morning if I've decided that's not a weekend I'm working. Um, sometimes I work weekends. I'm working this weekend. But most weekends I don't work. And the only exception to that rule, because, again, it's my boundaries, is my agent. The agent is, my agent's the only person I'll reply to on a weekend. But emails, I've not looked at my emails all weekend. And if someone started calling me, because sometimes producers can be that way, um, I'll pick up the phone and I'll say, hey, it's a Saturday. I've taken the day off, uh, but I'll get back to you on Monday. Wow. Wow. See, if I think, if I did that, and I said, I'm not working today, I would get slaughtered and I'd get called in and I'd be sacked on the spot for that. Well, then they should pay you for weekends. Well, if they really yeah. want you working on weekends, then they should pay you for that. And you know what? I think sometimes we create the story in our head that is a lot larger than the narrative. Obviously, it takes a level of um, understanding your different industries and there will be jobs like um, emergency doctors where if you get called in, you get called in. But that's also why I wouldn't be a doctor because I need I need my off hours and I think everyone is more productive when you're allowed your off hours and that I have examples in my story every single week people send in boundary wins every Friday and every Friday about half of them are people saying for the first time I didn't work past six o'clock and I told my boss I'll I'll finish it first thing in the morning I had an example this Friday of someone going um, that their lunch hour is always taken for granted and so they always end up working through their lunch hour and not eating lunch. And for the first time, they said, um, I'm, ha I'm having lunch right now, but I'll get back to you in an hour. And it, it's about setting those boundaries. And like this idea that you set a boundary and you're immediately going to be fired is an illusion in most cases. If you could speak to my agent, my agent will tell you I say these things to people all the time. And he just like has to, has to just like accept that that's just how I, I mean, I, I had the situation with an event where um, some, some see, I have a story in my book, but essentially the CEO's husband kept making like misogynistic remarks about how like I'm, I need to smile more. And, oh, she's a, it's actually fun at a party. And by the end of the night, I was like, look, I've let it pass like three times now. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, and I'm not very sensitive in terms of comments like that. So I kind of was just like, just ignore it, get through the day. Um, and then at the end of the night, I just said to the CEO, like, hey, your husband has been, has been making a few remarks. It's not okay. You should probably tell him. And uh, I'm going to leave now, but have a word with your husband. And as I was leaving, he said, uh, he came up to me because clearly they'd had a word and was like, um, so my wife's spoken to me and uh, I just think you have anger management issues. And I'm, I just was like, I've never had anyone speak to me like that in a work environment after I just spent the whole day working for free because they had like almost tricked me into it, basically saying I was attending the event before I find out that I'm actually speaking at the event without any payment, which one of my policies is like, I don't speak unpaid ever. Yeah, so the next day I sent, I sent an email to my agent and I was like, this is the way I was spoken to at the event. It's completely unacceptable. It's a feminist event. So you saying things like you should be smiling for all of these comments was unacceptable. But then to say I have anger management issues because I was talking about race, because I was talking about size, uh, size inclusivity, and the whole event was about inclusiveness, 
Like, no, I was one of two women of colour in the room and you don't get to say I have anger management issues because you didn't like what I was saying. And so my agent did have to send that email to the PR person and was like, hey, this isn't okay. And the PR team did go through the footage and was like, Michelle literally was not angry once in the whole event. And I was like, exactly. So where's my apology? Michelle, Michelle, you've been amazing. Michelle Elliman there. You just need to look at her Instagram and Twitter to really understand how incredible she is. Scarred Not Scared is her channel. And I hope that's opened up the conversation for you a little bit. And I hope it's got you thinking. So many issues there about boundaries, being selfish, a bit respect, being in the workplace, in relationships, in dating. So many conversations that we've started there. What an incredible hour. And do you know what I love about someone like Michelle? that she's taught me something she's made me look at the world differently and that's what i love i love finding people who can make me look different at the world because it's very easy to find people who agree with you very easy and that's fine and that's all well and good but you're never going to grow like that you need people who are going to challenge you and challenge your thought processes and so if you've been challenged please do share the podcast share it on your social media tag us both in it i'm at johnny seifert michelle's scarred not scared share it with both of us because it's just important that we open up these conversations because they're not being had and then if you like the episode you're listening to it on itunes or if not go on to apple itunes if you've got an iphone go down give it a five star rating and leave a review i can't make this podcast successful without your help i've been johnny seifert this has been security and secure until next time thank you and goodbye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.